This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, I'm going to kick things off today by recommending that you listen to the fantastic Countdown to COP podcast on the podcast page of RadioBerlum.com. Now, I know that I've told you about these before, but I don't think you were listening so well as I told you about them right at the end of the show, which is why I'm telling you about them now. Now, we've spoken about the importance of the COP26 climate change talks beginning on the 1st of November in Glasgow this year. COP stands for Conference of the Parties, and the number 26 means it's the 26th such meeting. So why are the countries pitching up to the conference called Parties? Well, the COP is a summit of all the countries which are part of the UN's Climate Change Treaty, the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, or the UNFCCC. Now, there are 197 members of this process, and they are known as the parties to the treaty. And what will they be discussing? Well, they'll be discussing how to keep temperature rises below dangerous levels and prevent the climate crisis from causing even worse catastrophes for all of us, and particularly for the world's poorest and most vulnerable people and the Earth's other living things which form the ecosystems which keep us alive. Now, COP26 has been described as pivotal, not just because governments are starting to rebuild economies post-COVID and have the opportunity for a green recovery, but also because it is now widely understood that if we are to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees, which was the goal of the last international climate agreement back in Paris, then the responsibility for reducing emissions extends to the private sector too. In fact, it really extends to all of us, particularly those of us in the rich West who are contributing most to climate change and suffering least from its effects. And I can hear what you're saying. It's really easy to say that, but knowing what to do and where to start is not so easy. Which is where the Countdown to COP podcasts come in. Partnering with the St Albans Climate Action Network, here on Radio Verulam, we're talking to an expert each week to help you with one step that you can take to help reduce your impact on the climate. Every Tuesday on Verulam in the Morning, Nick Hazel has a carbon-busting guest and you'll find each of those interviews under Verulam in the Morning Countdown to COP on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Now, there's advice on how to convert to an electric car, how to enjoy more seasonal food, how to fix more of your stuff, all sorts of great steps. Nick's guests explain why each step is so important and gives us helpful tips to get started. And if you'd like to see the impact of any of the steps that you take and to see how they add up with others in St Albans, then sign up to the free carbon counting website Counters In and be sure to join the St Albans team. Now, one of the countdown to COP steps is to walk and cycle more. But whilst we know that there are good reasons for walking and cycling, with so many cars on the roads around St Albans, it can just feel a bit too dangerous. 
If only we had a proper network of safe walking and cycling routes. Mm. Well, we're told that that's just what's being planned. St Albans District Council is joining with Hearts County Council to create what is hoped to be a groundbreaking plan for better cycling and walking networks around the district. I spoke to Councillor Chris White, leader of St Albans District Council and chair of their policy committee. And I started by asking him why, if we're all going to be driving electric cars in a few years, is it still important that we cut the number of car journeys we make and walk and cycle instead? For various reasons. First of all, none of us, to be honest, or very few of us are as healthy as we should be. So the more we actually use uh, physical power, be it foot or bike, um, the better. Uh, But the other thing is that if we just switch right over tomorrow to electric vehicles, there'll be still massive queues of cars uh, coming into St Albans, which uh, is, is, is not a great environment, uh, and uh, reducing traffic by all sorts of means, whether it be using more the, the internet more in meetings, which of course we've all become used to, uh, or whether it's just not using the car at all. Um, uh, these are clearly uh, good goals that we need. And of course, we, in, in terms of the planet, I mean, we, we talk about carbon uh, a lot, rightly, um, but uh, the way in which we use uh, rare earth metals, as they're, they're called, uh, at, at a rate of knots, um, uh, these are finite resources as well, and therefore uh, using them less has got to be good for the planet. Okay, and those metals are the metals that are used to make the batteries in electric cars? Yes, so and, and other components, that. yes, indeed. Yeah, indeed. okay. So St Thomas District Council and Hearts County Council have signed an agreement um, detailing their commitment to produce a local cycling and walking infrastructure plan. How is this agreement going to make a difference? Well, uh, it's always quite good to have a plan for anything in life rather than just doing something randomly. One of of the things that dogs the two-tier system, which we have in Hertfordshire, is that it's never terribly clear who does cycling, actually. Is it it a district matter? Well, in planning terms, you know, the the, the local plan, that sort of thing, it is district matter. In highways terms, it's Hertfordshire County Council. And uh, so both of them not talking to each other is is, is not good. So having a a coordinated approach has got to be good. And that can have an impact on the emerging local plan. It can have an impact particularly on uh, where uh, the county council uh, invests its resources. And it can have an impact on um, where, for instance, the district council uh, locates on-street parking. And we've got places in St Albans where you've got on-street parking next to a car park. Well, why? And what's the point of that? There may be a good point, but having a strategy starts to say, well, actually, we can do things better, maybe turn that space into cycle routes and so forth. So uh, it can guide, in the very early instances, uh, the day-to-day management of road space by the two councils. Okay. Now, this initiative aims to develop cycling and walking networks over a 10-year period, and it's forming part of the government strategy to increase the number of trips made on foot or by cycle. Have you got any targets, particularly in the short term? No, not not in the short term. I think it's early days yet, and I think that's one of the things we want to get out of the strategy is is the prospect of a of a target. Um, I mean, the the 10-year strategy, I mean, you you haven't asked the money question, and I'm sure you will ask the money question. Um, uh, We ain't going to get any money out of government if we actually don't have a plan as to what we want to do with it. So um, this this is uh, a a key document in negotiations. It forms part of 
the routine negotiations the county council does um, uh, each year with the government over the, uh, the grants it gets for highways. It also forms part of a broader strategy uh, which is uh, owned by this uh, relatively new body called the Hearts Growth Board, uh, which comprises all councils uh, and which is talking actively to government about how we manage growth in Hertfordshire and including especially uh, transport. Because uh, what we do know, and the, the reason why we worry particularly about more houses turning up in Hertfordshire is that there is a danger that it will grind to a halt. And anyone who's ever tried to get from St Albans to Watford at nine o'clock in the morning will know exactly what I mean. Uh, and that's, you know, we cannot go on uh, like that. Uh, and this is a dialogue that is taking place with government. I was in a meeting only this week about that sort of thing. So it all bolts together into a coherent pattern of where we want to see Hertfordshire going in the short term, as I described earlier, uh, the medium and the longer term. And there is cash, we hope, involved in that in due course. I mean, it, it, it's, it is surprisingly expensive to do anything uh, in terms of highways, in fact. Um, in, in, indeed. So um, so having uh, external funds, I mean, you know, we know that uh, the district council in particular has suffered during COVID and that funds are short. So with, without those external funds, not much is going to happen, is it? No, no, and, and we're marginal players anyway in terms of uh, the spending on on the necessary infrastructure. I mean, we, we we are players in terms of parking policy, for instance. We're players in terms of uh, uh, perhaps uh, putting up cycle racks, although the most recent ones which have gone up have been provided and funded by the county council. But I mean, the big player is the county council. But uh, I mean, it would be um, a, a foolish county council, and some are foolish, uh, which would say, right, this is what we're going to do for St Norman's, and uh, we find out about it when we wake up one morning. It's probably easier to work together uh, so that mistakes and it aren't made and money isn't wasted. Right, OK. Now, one of the first stages to drawing up the plan is going to be gathering vital information and data. How is this going to happen? But in various ways, there are already um, what are called flow meters uh, around which measure the uh, cycle traffic around the Green Ring. Um, so that would be one source. Uh, the, no doubt will be more of those. Uh, sometimes it's guys sitting in the deck chair <laughs> just watching it go by. I mean, that's an old-fashioned data collection method, but it's it's extremely uh, valid and important. Um, and and uh, we've got to know what people do do we've also got to have some idea of what people want to do and we've also got to think what are we investing in are we investing in leisure cycling well i don't i don't think it's particularly the role of either council to look after leisure cyclists we need to look after people who are commuting shopping uh that sort of thing um and so measure measuring that um but there's, there's got to be some work done in terms of um desire uh, which is not currently fulfilled i mean i probably get more correspondence about people wanting to get from a settlement to another settlement than around St Albans. So people complain about getting from Harpenden to St Albans or Wheatonstead to Harpenden, that sort of thing. Uh, and those complaints um, or ambitions, I think let's put them, you know, phrase it positively, are, are very valid. Um, so uh, it, it, it will be talking to people and organisations, uh, particularly cycling organisations, who will... Um, who are very active in St Albans, I'm delighted to say, uh, who will provide quality information. Uh, at this stage, it's not it's not a sort of, uh, please send in your ideas, because uh, that's far too early for that. But okay, like, but so at some point, will there be the opportunity for listeners to, to feed yeah, in? Yeah, I, 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 I would certainly hope so. Um, but please please don't write me now saying, uh, why not between Acacia Avenue and, and, and you know, 
Dunfermline Lane. Well, not yet. Not yet. Let, let's let's get some, some some plans out there and have a look and, and see whether it makes makes any any sense. I mean, it's, it's quite a difficult exercise. I mean, if most people are potential cyclists and not cyclists, it, data gathering is not that easy because uh, you, you could be staring at an empty street, which would fill the cycles if it were properly designed. Um, that's what I suppose suppose will happen. Indeed. So you, you're going to be working with external consultants to draw up this plan. When are you hoping that you'll have a plan for us to see and, as you said, perhaps um, make our suggestions on? Well, I, thought, I would hope early in the new year. Uh, I mean, capacity is always a bit of a nightmare, actually, in, in council business at the moment, particularly for the district, because obviously the uh, financial hit we got from COVID, which wasn't compensated, unlike county, which was, um, does mean that uh, our staff are working flat out. Um, and um, whilst this is a priority and, and I've been pushing this for a while, um, uh, there are lots of other priorities and suddenly something may happen which diverts officers into other roles. I mean, this is, district councils are small organisations, so if suddenly there are uh, a large number of Afghans, for instance, turning up in the district, which indeed has happened, um, then work has got to be done I'm not saying it's the same people doing it, but you, you, you get you get the drift. Is that is the stuff stuff can happen, which which uh, which just slows things down. Okay, well, fingers crossed that it won't get slowed mm. down too much. No, um, no, and really. and then, can you just tell me? You know, there's going to be people listening to this um, who are going to be shouting at the radio saying. Um, cyclists don't pay road tax, they're red light jumping nuisances. What on earth are you doing, um, spending money on them? Well. Um, the, the the road tax is is just another tax. <laughs> it has to be said, it's not it's not it's not it's not earmarked for roads. That's not how the treasury works, and it is extremely fierce when you suggest that there should be a, a specifically designed hypothecated being the word uh, tax for something. Um, and we therefore just think about it, we all pay tax. You know, we, we go and buy tube of smarties and you're paying VAT um, and income tax and uh, indirect corporation tax. We we pay taxes, so there isn't any particular difference. Um, uh, and indeed, the impact of a bicycle on a road compared with a car on a road, well, a bicycle basically makes no impact at all, uh, whereas a car uh, very often does. So I don't think, I think the fiscal argument I- I- isn't there. Uh, yeah, some cyclists behave really badly, and it really annoys me when I see them do that and hear about it. Uh, equally, uh, uh, you know, I, I nearly had a road traffic accident last night because someone was driving badly on a roundabout, really, really stupidly careless. Uh, I was a better driver than him, therefore I didn't hit him. Um, um, so, uh, but uh, uh, motorists are not angels, and indeed, I say pedestrians are. And we're all pedestrians, but I've seen pedestrian behaviour where I'm, um, I tell you the one that always horrifies me is the uh, junction by the Horn Reborn, uh, where on occasion I just routinely hoot, and I've literally had someone run across the road in front of me while driving, one metre from my bonnet. He didn't die because I know where my brake pedal is. You know, so we, there are stupid people everywhere. There are stupid cyclists. I condemn their behaviour, but most are not like that. Well, that's good to hear. And could you just tell me, just to finish off, do you walk and cycle around St Albans? What do you feel it's like at the moment? Do you think that people are right in not walking and cycling because they're concerned about their safety? Uh, no, by and large. Um, but I understand it, and, and I, I continue to press the county council, and, and I get very frustrated because I sent them a whole long list of, of relatively really quite cheap changes, which I think would make a difference. And uh, and I may have mentioned this um, before. There are a lot of junctions, for instance, in, in, in central St Albans, which are very, very wide, 
um, designed to make sure that uh, vans and cars could sweep around the corner at the maximum possible speed because they're the kings of the road. Um, a, a wide road junction may be fun for a vehicle. It's absolutely a nightmare for a pedestrian and in a different way, not much fun for a cyclist either. And until we start saying, okay, we need more pedestrian refuges, we need to start narrow some of these junctions in the way that London boroughs have done. Uh, we're not going to get people thinking um, that uh, it, it's easy to walk. And of course, there are the, there are the almost insoluble problems in the junction of Victoria Street and, and um, uh, St. Peter's Street and Checker Street. I mean, uh, uh, you count your toes sometimes once you've um, once you've crossed that junction because um, it's badly designed. It's badly designed because medieval folk uh, were really rubbish at anticipating the in internal combustion engine. Shame on them. Uh, I'm not sure we can do much about that, um, but there are many, many other junctions which we can improve easily. Excellent. Uh, there's lots of work to be done, and we look forward to seeing the results of this new agreement. Chris White, thank you very much indeed. Yeah. I was talking there to Councillor Chris White of St Albans District Council. Well, what do you think? Is Councillor White right? Is St Albans full of potential cyclists? Share your thoughts. I'm on Twitter at RV underscore environment or check out the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line on amanda at radiorelum.com. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.